Private Lender Podcast, Episode 107. The Private Lender Podcast quote of the day comes to us from Pablo Picasso, who said, I'd like to live as a poor man with lots of money. This is the Private Lender Podcast, the show that shares practical advice and know-how for new and seasoned lenders, from private mortgages on single-family houses to joint ventures on commercial projects and beyond. Discover details about investment vehicles that you won't find at your local bank or online broker. Listen and learn from private lenders and real estate investors, as well as from professionals and entrepreneurs, as they share the details, strategies, and the insight that allows for successful and prosperous lending. Now, get ready to increase your ROI. Here's your host, Keith Baker. Hello and greetings from the energy capital of the world, Houston, Texas, and welcome to episode 107 of the Private Lender Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Baker, very nasally Keith Baker today, fighting off a sinus infection. Yay, summer. Uh, And I'd like to thank you for sharing your time with me today. Uh, Private Lender Podcast is the only podcast teaching regular folks just like you and me how to uh, become private lenders, become passive real estate investors, and how to keep our money safe, investing in private mortgages to other real estate investors. So if you're looking for practical tips and advice on, on being a successful private lender or how to successfully build wealth without banks or Wall Street, then you're in the right place. But if you want to learn from my mistakes so you, you can avoid them and you can also shorten your learning curve, then pull up a chair and pour yourself a drink because I'm going to tell you all about mine and I like to get people to talk about theirs. So today is a solo cast. It is the first episode I'm releasing in July of 2020 and just to uh, bring everybody up to speed, I've been gone a month didn't really have any episodes uh, to, to come out and explain anything uh, just because I figured there was enough crap going on in the world that you don't need me you don't need me babbling uh, in your one you know trip to the grocery store or whatever if you uh, listen or if you know on the toilet wherever you prefer to listen to this podcast um, but uh, nonetheless just say some sad news my, my, my dad passed uh, recently and so that's kind of got me down to say the least, uh, but still, you know, still motoring through, um, still got two kids, mortgage and all that fun stuff, but just really took my uh, drive out of me, you know, haven't been, you know, haven't been really working the day job that much and um, spent a lot of time with the, with the family. So that has been nice, you know, in this, in this odd and strange time that we find ourselves in. So, um, but I, I recently, I'm going through episode ideas and I figured, you know what, the hell with it. Episode 107 is just going to be a rant so to speak, a release of uh, some some steam, maybe is a better way to, to look at it. Because uh, I was, uh, Saturday morning, I, I got up, and it was nice and quiet. Kids were asleep. I got my coffee and, and you know, started uh, reading uh, the paper, uh, the book I'm, I'm reading right now. And I was flipping through the uh, the channels, which, you know, there's no baseball, no basketball. Basketball would be over anyway. But, you know, uh, my normal summer July routine would be, getting ready for another disappointing season of Dallas Cowboys football. Uh, but I don't have that now. So I was flipping through the business channels, so like CNBC, Fox Business, Bloomberg. Yeah, you know, those are the, the three that I get, I think. Anyway, settled up on, on, this, on this one show, uh, and they had two doctors interviewed, um, in like the first two segments. <laughs> the first doctor was a, a surgeon from, uh, I want to say Atlanta, who was making the case that masks uh, do not help? Um, that you know, it's it's kind of a, a seems to say that there's there's really no evidence out there, any data to support the use of masks, um, and and also some of the limitations that are that are going on. And then they went to commercial, and and they had and they brought another doctor out, 
Um, this one was somehow affiliated with Harvard, I believe, somehow, some way. And he was saying, no, absolutely, the, the data shows that the masks do work. So that's when I put my hands up in the air and I said, all right, enough of this. Um, you know, uh, my, my father's passing was not COVID related, fortunately. But the the, the thing that really just uh, has been has been under my skin for the last few weeks that I haven't been able to verbalize to anybody, so I'm going to take it out on you guys, is that um, we weren't allowed to be with them in, in the hospital. We, we uh, My mom had to call 911. This is before, it, it, anyway, so my, my dad told my mom, look, you know, he, he needed help. Uh, dad had uh, heart failure complicated by uh, Parkinson's. Just to give you a little background there. In a, in a touch of dementia, that was kind of funny at, at the end. So, um, but you know, I laugh, but you know, I only laugh to avoid crying. So anyway, um, but dad, you know, they called the ambulance, paramedics came out and said, look, if you, if you don't have COVID, the hospital's a good place to get it. So they, my parents decided, okay, dad would stay home. They got his blood pressure back down. Everything was cool. He was getting better. So, okay, fine. He stays home. But then a few days later, he slides and goes to the hospital and my mom can't even be with him. And it's, you know, it's pretty obvious that he's, he's terminal. Um, his organs were shutting down and everything, but we couldn't be with him. Um, so when the doctor recommended uh, hospice, we were uh, my mom, my sister, and I said, "No, nope, we're going to we're going to do it. We're going to do it here at home." And so we were fortunate that um, 14 hours after he came home from the hospital, uh, Dad passed in the, with his family around him peacefully. So, um, not to bring you, you guys down, but that's that's where I've been, and um, I'm just now kind of talking about it. So. Um, if your parents are alive, call them, tell them that you love them right now, and thank you for putting up with all your bullshit. <laughs> That's my advice to you. Um, but uh, I also wanted to, uh, you know, obviously this episode is an honor and dedicated to my father. Uh, I'm not doing it uh, Facebook Live because, um, well, quite frankly, I don't know if I'm going to make it all the way through. So I am recording it um, to hopefully put out on the internet someday, um, or soon, but we'll see if I can get through this. Huh? But you know, when so when the funeral came time for the funeral, you know we had to we had to adjust uh, to, to the coronavirus, the COVID universe, right? So, um, needless to say, we were we were everything was re- restricted, and, and my, my dad, um, you know, of course, now we sing we always sing the praises of the dead, right? You know, but my my dad was um, he believed in serving and um, had a servant's heart, and he knew a lot of people and a lot of organizations, and it, and you know this is on me. I mean, this is my me being butthurt that my dad didn't have the funeral that I thought he deserved, right? Um, due to the the times, um, you know, and and uh, yeah, it, it rankles with me, but you know, I, I'm <laughs> I understand. Um, but uh, since he didn't have his his official goodbye, I just want to read off some of the things that um, my father accomplished. Um, he was a, a former JC and a devoted Rotarian. He taught Sunday school for several years, and for more than 40 years, he ushered at First United Methodist Church in Sugarland. And in his 81 years, he donated more than 65 gallons of blood. So our family, uh, my family has always been covered. If we were in any, any accidents, my dad had donated enough that um, we wouldn't have to pay for the, you know, we'd have blood. Uh, I don't know if we had, don't have to pay for it, but it would it would be there for us. So anyhow, uh, miss you, dad. I love you. And, uh, because of you, I am a private lender and, um, uh, you and mom, but anyhow, the, um, where I'm going with all this is the poor me is, uh, so I have, um, a very good friend of mine. One of my best friends is a, a Baptist minister. In fact, he, he performed my, my wedding ceremony for me. And when all this was breaking out, he, um, in, in, in May, 
in late in uh, in May, he he was uh, called to do a, a service, funeral service, and at the last minute, like literally, at, like five minutes before starting, the funeral home said that you know the, the state, uh, the authorities or whatever had shut it down, and there could only be ten people at the at the, uh, the funeral, the, the visitation in the funeral. And two of them had to be you know obviously um, employees of the funeral home that le- left. The preacher man, you know, the pastor. That's 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 that only seven family members, and so relayed the you know the information, and then the lady said was like, "Well, I'm not going to choose who can you know come to the funeral or not. Basically, who can you know stay? It's you know it's family." So the um, the good reverend said to the funeral home, "I understand, you know, that's fine, but you're going to tell that family <laughs> out there. I'm not, and I don't I don't blame them, but the." Um, the sad, the sad, the really sad part is, you know, about um, a week to ten days later, Gary Floyd had his funeral in in Houston. And before I'm not getting political or anything, look, you know, just hear me out, okay? Um, but there were 6,300 people that attended that that funeral, and um, like J.J. Watt. I mean, he's Houston royalty. You know, Jamie Fox, uh, Channing Tatum, D.J. Reader, um, and there was. And it's funny thing. This is this is where I, this is. Stay with me. Stay with me. And there were a lot of local politicians, right? You know, the, the, the district attorney was there. You know, I, you know Sheila had to be there. I, I didn't confirm it or not, but I'm just, you know, assuming that she would be there. And a lot of other dignitaries and, and politicians from the, in the, you know, from the local area were there. And even our governor, Greg Abbott from Texas, was um, was there. And you know, everyone knows there's a big visitation. Um, and they even like they went to the church and the people lined up. And they, they they took them um, for the visitation. Um, they had to do it out like in a field, so they were bussing people. You know, these sixty three hundred people that came by to pay their respects. Um, they were bussing them, and so obviously, m- my father's funeral does not compare <laughs> to Gary Floyd's funeral. However, on a ba- on the basis of the uh, the authorities, this is this where this is where it gets political um, and, and, and bipartisan political. So. But the, the reverend, you know, he had, he had some, he understood, but, you know, what reasoning do you have of limiting everybody else's? And now, now we have, a, you know, unfortunately, a celebrity murder um, on TV and, and who is due a funeral. Don't get me wrong. Uh, do, do a just goodbye. Um, let me just put it that way. And so he called the governor's office. Um, now, the governor's Republican, and then there was a lot of Democratic politicians, right? So this is the politicians that were there, local politicians, there, and, you know, some Republicans as well. But, I mean, just, you know, the ones that kind of hit the paper, the one the papers, uh, you know, highlighted on, they were celebrity and then some local politicians. But the government, the governor is is a Republican Party. Anyway, so the good reverend called the Governor Abbott's office and asked, um, you know, as a, as a man of the cloth, you know, gave his church and his name and everything and said, you know, we, you know a week ago I was told this, um, and now, you know, we're doing this, the Gary Floyd thing. Um, does that mean, you know, are we going to, are we going to go back? You know, are we going to loosen up the, the restrictions, basically? Uh, and the, 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 the answer was uh, no. Um, that they were, they were not going to loosen up uh, the resti- restrictions. And so, you know, knowing the obvious, the good reverend asked, well, what, you know, what makes a difference? Why, why is it different, you know? And... I don't know which is worse, what they, what they, what they gave, the answer they gave, or if they would have told the truth. Um, the answer that they, had they told the truth, they say, look, you know, 
look at this. They were just answered honestly and said, look, look at the, look at the the press. Look at the you know, look what's happened here. Um, you know, there, there's protests, and I mean, this is this is a huge thing, right? Um, but it would have been for me. It would have been better for them to say, you know what? Yeah, it is different. There are the the us and them, right? There's there's everybody else, and then there's the exceptions. Okay, let's put it that way. That that I could that I could ex- I could accept. I could accept, right? However, <laughs> the answer they gave for you know why they, they allowed sixty three over six thousand people who were not you know weren't socially distanced. A lot some had masks, some didn't, et cetera, et cetera. How could they allow it? You know, and instead of saying the truth that it's the exception, they honestly said, the "Governor's office." Greg, Greg Abbott's office told a preacher, whom I know, and if you want to fact check me, info at privatelenderpodcast.com, I'll send you the information. Anyway, I'm getting to the point. The point is they said that the Floyd family was very, very large. Yeah. And good reverend said, you know, look, I've you know known a lot of families in my day. I've handled a lot of you know services for funerals. I've never known a family to have over 6,000 members. And the response was that the family had so many close friends that they had to treat them like family. And that's when I said, okay, that's when it started brewing and brewing and brewing in my head. Like, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem that Gary Floyd had a big funeral. I don't. Don't have an issue with it at all. And unfortunately, and, and, and it, it, it had to be done. But to kick out the bullshit, the utter bullshit answers that were given to basically allay or to relay the fact that there is everyone else and then there's there's the few. And, okay, let's be honest about that. But the, the people, meaning the politicians, the people that we've elected – you know, the, uh, hold on, I got to pause. Man. I'm, 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 <laughs> um, these are the same people that are shutting us down, moving the goalposts on things, using uh, data and tests and models that, that um, were grossly inaccurate. But they're the ones that are shutting down the businesses. They're the ones that are, I, mean, I can't tell you how many restaurants I've seen shuttered, sheltered, just shuttered in. They're not mowing the grass anymore. They're done. You know, a lot of local businesses, same thing in this, a lot of local shops are getting hit. So I want to make this real clear, the message in this, all of this. I want to make this real clear because I'm getting a little, you know, wait, you have a problem with the Gary Floyd family? No, I don't. I have a problem with our lack of leadership in this country. So, and that, and that falls on our shoulders, mine too. So let me get something real, real clear. If, if you believe that the problems of this country lies on the shoulders of only one political party or the other, then I, then I have to say you are part of the problem. You are the problem. Everybody plays for the same green team. They just give us the illusion that our political system is bifurcated. Okay? And bifurcated into you know, the conservative and the Democrat, the Republican and the Democrat. Liberal, blah, blah. So if, if if you fall in that, you know, I'm gonna, I, I believe you need to pull your head out of your ass, um, look around a little bit, and breathe in some fresh air. Because uh, you know, the, again, because these are the the same 
<laughs> These politicians can't even be honest with us. And this isn't, an, I'm not going anti-Republican, I'm not going anti-Democrat here. Okay, this is down the middle of the aisle. Scum, that's what I think. That's what, that's, what, that's what I think. That's what my belief is right now. That's where my emotionality has taken me. So, anyway. Um, my... I was, you know, maybe I was, maybe I was an idiot, but I was, I was raised that when you, when, you know, civil servants, public servants served those who paid them. And I don't, I really don't see a lot of that going on. In fact, if you want, uh, go to the show notes page and you can look at how uh, just getting elected in the Congress sets you up for like pretty much life. You look at the average uh, amount of social security you're across the board, American makes and what. Uh, you know, one or two term Congress person makes it's almost double. Yeah, just off of that job working in the Senate or the, the in Congress. That's it. And I, when the average American had to pay all through their working years. All right. And I use the uh, I use the, the the federal government example because it's all. I think it's something. Hopefully, it's all some. You know, we can all um, relate to and and, and understand. And I'm not going to get into the benefits of, of Congress people right now and, and how they're paid and whatnot. But I, I think it's time, man. It's time to do something. You know, I, I was really ha- personally, I was happy to see people protesting after um, the Mr. Floyd's death. That's what it's, that's what this country's about is being able to do that. Uh, you know, now obviously the riots and the the the, you know, the people that are out there seemingly you know, just doing the harm. Uh, it's not about them, but the the protesting. I mean, when I was in college, I thought, man, we were in the '90s. We're so lame because, you know, I heard about the '60s with protests and everything. I really look forward to that, and now it's past my time. But anyhow, like I'm, I'm kind of rambling on. So what? I, what? All right, all right, Keith, this is great. You've you've made your point. Blah blah blah. Boohoo. So what? What do you want? What do you want from me? Right. One's looking east. One's looking west. And this one's saying, "What do you want from me?" So I'm going to ask you to start at the local level. And I don't know what that looks like for you. So I'm going to have to ask you to, to get up your butt, get off your buttocks, and get involved. I don't know what that means, you know. But on some level, get involved locally. Vote. Let's start with that. Just vote. Learn. But learn. And don't go straight ticket. Learn each specific race and who's in it and what their platforms are. I don't care if you vote straight ticket. But just each, select individually. Look at it. Put some thought into it. And start pushing for term limits. I think that would help out a lot. Let's start changing the culture of our, um, we call it our, our, our leader class, right? Our ruling class. When they, they should be the serving class. I think they, you know, they forget. Um, no, they don't forget. They just know where they're getting paid. I mean, that's just, let's just be honest. Okay. Um, another thing I want you to remember is uh, individual freedoms are being taken away in the name of security. I want you to help us spread personal accountability. Tell others that when you point a finger at someone, there are three pointing back at you, right? And it starts with accountability to yourself and integrity to yourself. And then you can give it to the world. Then you can give the love to the world and change things in the system. I know this is some pie in the sky shit, but it starts there. All right. The other thing I want you to do is immediately get six months of expenses put in the bank liquid, right? When I say put in the bank, you whatever you put it in your safe. Just have six months of expenses liquid. 
because I don't, I mean, you just, you just need to be prepared, right? And, and the last thing, start considering converting all your retirement assets over to Roth vehicles. I highly, highly recommend you do that. I, st- I still try to do, I do it every year, start, start paying some, you know, what can I afford? What can I afford to pay? And then, I, and then, but that's, that's only one thing, but then you got to go put that money to work um, and make it, and make it, you know, multiply for you. So anyhow, again, if you want to fact check anything, I'm happy to connect you with uh, the good Reverend that I mentioned. Um, I haven't, I, I just got on the mic, so I haven't even, um, asked him if I can speak about this or not, but um, I'm more than happy to send you to uh, nothing else. I can give you the the church information where he's at and you can figure it out from there. So yeah, man, we're rocking and rolling 20 minutes in still nasally. Maybe one day I'll move to Arizona where everyone else is living now and and suffer the same allergy problems. (laughs) Anyway, look guys, that's going to do it for episode number 107. I want to thank you for your time today and also your ear. This has been like therapy for me. So if you made it this far, you know, uh, I'm sorry, but thank you. Um, if you want more information, uh, please go to the show notes page. I'll have some links up so you can look at uh, what the uh, federal government pay and compensate or compensation looks like compared to the average American. Um, and now it's me time to remind you, uh, I don't charge money for this show, but I do please ask that you help me get the word out and increase awareness by leaving an honest rating review over at iTunes, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you use to hear my voice right now. That is the best way you can help contribute to the show, and I would be so grateful if um, you would do that for me. In addition um, to helping other people find the show, uh, you know, if you're trying to get your own private lenders, send them over here. Um, we can train them up, get them going to where you just make a phone call. That's, I, that's what I like. I, you know, I still do my due diligence, but I, I agreed to loan initially on phone calls. So if you're trying to build you a, a stable of private lenders, give them this as a free resource for them. And, you know, anyway... Please, so yeah, just please help share and build the uh, private lender nation. So, all right, that's enough him and hawing and pandering for today. I hope everyone out there, if you're hearing my voice, and if even if you're not, I hope you are staying healthy and doing well uh, physically and mentally. And uh, I just want to tell you all, I wish you a safe and prosperous private lending. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Private Lender Podcast with your host, Keith Baker. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit privatelenderpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time.